welcome back to Keeping It Candid by me, Millie Cotton. And there's no Sophie today. <laughs> it's... I was going to be like, and Sophie Milner. <laughs> Instead, I have a very special guest. Hi, guys. So my name's Amelie. Me and Millie met a couple of years ago. We I, did. The reason she asked me on the show, I think, I'm like still not 100% sure because we're just chilling in her kitchen right now, um, was because I'm a doctor and I've been a doctor for the past three years. God, and it's been so long. It's craziness. Because we met when you were training. Absolutely. So yeah. we actually met, and I feel like I keep telling this story on like different random interviews that I do yeah. or just like sharing on social media. But I remember, so I was in medical school at the time in my third or fourth year. So I was like kind of a baby doctor, like mm-hmm. enjoying life. And then I got this email from Nike and I still don't know to this day why I was invited because <laughs> like they were really big people, including Millie Cotton. Uh, <laughs> you flatter me, honestly. <laughs> and we went for a really amazing trip in Stockholm. Yeah, and it was Nike, incredible. It was so good, wasn't it? Oh, it was amazing. It was one of the best trips I think I've been on. And it was just fun to see... What, how Nike treat people? Got it. Do you remember we walked into the hotel room and <laughs> there was so just mad. all the stuff spread out on the bed? Yeah, and I, I was just like, is this reality? Because <laughs> we walked in, there were like two pairs of trainers and like five pairs of leggings and three bras. Absolutely. And I was just like, and bags and clothes. Absolutely mental. Like, it's so ridiculous. Isn't it was it? my first experience. I think it was my first. Was that your first trip away? It might have been. Okay. Um, but not your last. But not my last. <laughs> oh, which is so nice also. Um, yeah, no, I can't remember if it was my first trip or not, but it was definitely my biggest trip that I'd done so far when we went. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, yeah, it was insane. And we went and we did that run and we oh, did yeah, the workouts. Exactly. Do you I, the yoga class by the sea? That was gorgeous. It and was I also, insane. like, when I look back at the pictures that we have from it, it looked just amazing because of the the sky was super blue yeah it was so warm it was just like women and we just had such a good time really we did have such a good time no it was such what a nice place to meet i know thank you Nike. <laughs> nice to meet you again <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted you to come on because i want to know about being a doctor lols <laughs> yeah exactly because i don't know i'm so the older i get the more fascinated i am by it the more i need to sort of like dip into my doctors which is becoming <laughs> <laughs> As I get older, I'm starting to care more about my health, which is, I think, as when you're younger, you kind of feel like you're a little bit invincible. Absolutely. And then as people around you maybe start to get sick and things happen that you don't expect, you are aware of like your own mortality Mm -hmm. and take it a bit more seriously. So I just think it would be so interesting to hear about the other side of it. So why did you want to become a doctor? I wish I had a better story for this, but it's so (laughs) Actually, it's not even funny and it's not even that interesting. Um, but I was doing the right subjects at school. Mm. I've always kind of liked everything I do. Yeah. Like, just in whether that's subjects or whether that's, like, someone saying, hey, I'm late, do you want to go, I don't know, to some random class? Then I absolutely just, like, enjoy most things. So I was just doing the right subjects at school at the time. And my dad is also a doctor. Mm. So when he had to arrange work experience at school, I'd arranged it with him. And then I'd happen to go to America and did some work experience with one of his colleagues over there. And in America, the healthcare is just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking this morning about, like, glamorous TV shows. Yes. But America America is literally like that, even in their hospitals. And that's probably because people have to pay for their healthcare. Yeah. But it was absolutely gorgeous. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I could do with this glamorous <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> and so I got this white subject. I did my work experience. Yeah. So I applied. And for most doctors' children, it's relatively easy to get in, which is a problem in itself. Mm. So I applied, got into one medical school in Manchester, and I went. That's literally my story. I mean, and you went to Manchester. Like, what a great place Manchester to study so good. medicine. It's so good. It's so good. I like, had friends at Manchester. I used to go up quite a lot <laughs> and, like, do, get into all sorts of trouble. I think my, like, worst weekend, worst and best weekends of my life was spent in Manchester. Like, the nightlife is so good in Manchester. Kebab King. Chips oh, and my gravy. God. You know Kebab King? How <laughs> awful of me. <laughs> I actually went to Manchester recently and made us try and go to Kebab King. It doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think it was, like, closed down because of, like, hygiene reasons. It's just, like, Yeah, I think it was disgustingly dirty. (laughs) It just made me laugh, though, because the guy who ran it had the photos of, like, all the truck people. You really were in Manchester. Oh, my (laughs) gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I used to go to Manchester, like, three times a term. One of my really good mates was studying there, so I used to go up a lot. Because I was in London. Did you go to Sankey's and... I didn't go to Sankey's actually. Okay. Um, we mainly went to Warehouse Project. Oh, always good. Always yeah, good. 
and which was amazing but because I don't think you get the sort of experience as a student in London and mm-hmm. I studied here so Absolutely. I kind of like tried to go and visit friends elsewhere at the weekend <laughs> <Everywhere. to try. laughs> yeah just to try and get more of a student experience like I love London and I love studying here but anyway this isn't about me it's about you <laughs> so, <laughs> and then what next like how was uni because it's a long old slog right studying to be a doctor yeah, so I suppose, so I was at uni for seven years in total. Yeah. So to do medical degree is five years. Um, and a lot of us do an intercalated degree. So it's an opportunity just to do one year of extra study, which is actually an opportunity, um, yeah. especially when it's either free or it's reimbursed or like you get your loan for it. So you don't think about costs. So I did ethics and law in my year out. Amazing. And absolutely loved it. And it was yeah. just really nice to criticize the way I think about things and also like learn about the more holistic side of medicine Mm. what actually matters to patients and the dilemmas and ethical dilemmas they face so that was really cool um but I did seven years and that last year was because I had to resit an exam yeah and I'm really bad at looking at dates and times which is like another story (laughs) so I got the wrong time for my exam mate it's so bad like my life is actually it's it's a joke like I went to work early the other day like five hours early because I thought I was meant to be there at the time and then I wasn't <laughs> yeah so maybe it's you're too busy I find I get things wrong when I'm too yeah, busy or if you, I don't focus yeah 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 my focus is an issue. It's always been an issue, but like I'm still working on it. Working on it, guys. I think it's a work in progress always. I yeah. just I don't know if it's ever going to get <laughs> any easier. Exactly. What was your social life like when you were at uni? Were you able to? Because like people I know went to Manchester. This mm-hmm. is it's quite. So I knew some medics actually at Manchester. Oh, so I had two okay. sets of friends at Manchester. So I had like one friend who was studying. Um, oh, what was she studying? Uh, oh my god psychology okay, I think cool. and yeah. then her boyfriend was studying engineering and their friends oh. were studying medicine yeah and um, I yeah, so it's like the sciencey the kids that always seem to hang out yeah. yeah so they were all quite like not serious but it wasn't quite the same yeah. as my friends who were studying English okay. and literally going out and getting wrecked yeah. every weekend but then it's funny because if you see all the humanities kids yeah they're really good at like bucking down and studying mm. whereas I'm like kind of just like losing focus because you're kind of when you're more directed in your learning so let's say you're at university yeah kind of a bulk of the day and then you have time to go chill you actually get a lot of your work done in a supervised environment very similar to how you are in like sixth form so even though we were studying a lot actually our hours were protected yeah so I think more as a humanities student you had to kind of work on your own as well so I had a good time at uni I kind of played a little bit too much (laughs) Yeah, that's probably why I had to reset the year as well. Like, my dad wasn't too happy, but... But you made it. I made it. And you had a good time doing it. Exactly. Which I think is important. I think, like, university is obviously... I don't know how many people will be listening to this who are doing uni, but Mm. maybe not that many, to be fair. Um, But I think it's just so important because, like, you find find yourself at university. But, like, you really do, don't you? Like, yeah, it's a very important time of development and stuff. Exactly. like learning social skills yeah totally and I think also if you were to go to uni for longer Mm. so let's say your degree was like six seven years then towards the end of that time you really get to like develop yourself yeah without the restriction of a job Mm. or the feeling like you have to get on a hamster wheel and keep working hard and with all that out that pressure you really get to develop yourself so that was what I was grateful for most as being a medic for so long yeah I I loved Manchester it was such a good city would you move back I Thinking about it, I would, yeah. but I kind of want to get my career sorted in London, just because I think London is like the land of opportunity, even yeah, though no, you can do a lot more around, yeah. but London is so easy to like get stuff done. Yeah. I wasn't going to say stuff, but... <laughs> <laughs> you are allowed to swear. Okay. Um, budget's bigger in London. Is it like easier for funding and, or does everyone in have In terms of what? What do you mean? I don't know, just kind of like, you always hear about NHS budgets being tight and there being certain budgets for certain things. Mm. I'm making this up, so please don't <laughs> no, 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 no. And so, I don't know, is it like, a, is there more of the NHS budget okay, based in okay. London? Than so, I've only worked in London, actually, that's a lie, I worked in London and for the past couple of months I was working in Devon, yeah. just picking, I picked up a job outside of London because you get paid a little bit more outside of London, particularly if you're a locum doctor. Why? 
So that's so weird. That's like the opposite of every single. I know it's actually <laughs> so bizarre. So I'll start. I'll let you know. Can I give you a bit of a background yeah, about yeah, yeah, how training goes? Okay, so you graduate med school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then afterwards, every well, most people go into foundation training, um, and that's what gives you the ability to practice as a registered medical professional. Mm. So after your foundation year one, you are now registered. And then most people after that, like 90% of people, will go into Foundation 2 training. Yeah. And during those first two years, you basically do general rotations where you do random jobs. GP, surgery, medicine, pediatrics, psychiatry, blah, blah, blah. I did like <coughs> a variation of all of them. And then after that, you get to go into a specialty or you take some time out, which is what I'm doing at the moment, to like live my best life. And also you can make a bit more money because you get paid per hour. Okay. And those jobs you can pick up all around the UK. Yeah. Now, in, do you want me to give you figures? Because I lit- I don't mind talking about money. But yeah, that's actually, I think it'd be so, it. so interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially because you can't, it's not like, as a doctor, you can earn more money than you're going to get given, right? Like, there is yeah. a set amount of money that you are being paid, and that is what you are being Absolutely. paid. And, that's- and it's not like an influencer lifestyle where people might just, like, undercut you because they yeah. know that you pay... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's another story. It's a, it's I love a, listening to this show, by the way. I'm like a fan. <laughs> it's a set amount of money, isn't it? Absolutely. For everyone. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is not the salary for F1s and F2s. So F1, I think starting salary is like 25k or something. Yeah. F2, it's like 28k or whatever. And then it goes up by banding. Banding, okay. all that means is that the more hours you work, the more nights you do, then it tops up. So maybe by the end of my second year, I was probably earning about 35000 So it's not a huge amount, particularly in London. And that's all across the country. After F2, when you're locoming or freelancing, <laughs> as most people like to say, you can now get paid per hour. Yeah. So in London, it's capped now okay. at £35 an hour during the day yeah. and about £45 an hour at my stage um, overnight yeah and if you leave London so I left London definitely <laughs> 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 and it's 60 it was 60 pounds an hour that's such isn't a that massive difference. isn't that such a difference and so 60 pounds an hour which actually has allowed me to like save a lot of money yeah because I just want to buy a house in the next like couple of years yeah I or at least have feeling. a or just have a chunk of money yeah because Millie didn't they tell us before we went to uni Houses were like 150k I, for I a two-bed apartment. It makes me sick. So this flat, so, where we live now... Which is gorgeous, by the way. Thank you. But yeah, to put it into perspective, our landlord bought it, I think, maybe 15 years ago for 180 grand. It's Stop worth it. like 650 grand now. At least. It's just not fair, is it? It's absolutely anyway. madness. <laughs> digressing away from yeah and it's near impossible to get a mortgage on a certain salary anyway i mean yeah not not tried yet (laughs) yeah you know when you're just like i'm just gonna keep my pipe dream (laughs) that's 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 future me is like gonna deal with that one not currently (laughs) exactly um so so i did that for a couple of months in devon so what was the question you asked me i've got no idea (laughs) oh i know what it was my memory is so bad how work was around the country yes so I think in London a lot of people have more of a consumer mindset yeah um, and I think generally as me- generally gener- it's a generational thing as well mm-hmm. so our millennials will have more of a consumer mindset they want to know what the doctor can do for them and okay. if they're not satisfied with one doctor they will know that they can go somewhere else that's so funny because that's literally what just happened <laughs> <laughs> spill well, it was just when I went and got my boob checked out because, like, the doctor was just a bit, like, blasé and she was just like... Because I went in basically full guns. I am a hypochondriac. I think I'm dying. Yeah. And I never come to the doctors unless it's serious. So, listen to me. I'm being really serious. My yeah. boob really hurts. Like, help. And was that a GP? It was a GP, okay. yeah. It was the first time I've been to the GP in probably about five years. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't go. Mm-hmm. And um, she then just sort of, like, didn't do anything. And I... She was just, yeah... Just and then my so my cow was like, go and get a second opinion, and I was like, well, she's gonna refer me for a scan. The scan is in like three months, so I just wait. Like it can't okay. be anything serious. But mm-hmm. then she rang me a week later and was like, I've actually booked you into guys to go and see like a, okay. a breast specialist. Okay. So she did do something. So I don't know what made her change her mind. I wonder. So can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. So when you were in the consultation, how long was the consultation? What was the conversation? You, what was 
did you feel heard as though she was not really okay but then I think I did go in a bit like panicked which maybe made her feel like I was overreacting I don't know but that's not your responsibility no I guess not but I did go in and I was very much like my friend just had breast cancer and she's only 30 and I've got this pain and I never come to the doctors and it was I was very I was just like even being the doctors makes me anxious Mm -hmm. I think I've got like slight PTSD from being sick when I was younger and I just avoid it generally Mm -hmm. um and same with hospitals uh, but yeah, so I went to the specialist, but like, had she have not sent me to a specialist, I would have gone to another GP. Absolutely. And okay. I think, and I think it's important to demand that from your doctors, because I know as a clinician and also just a human being, yeah, that it's really important to address people's concerns. Now your concern in that moment was probably, I don't want to have breast cancer or something yeah. that I've just been sleeping on for it to be a bigger problem in a couple of months time. All she could have done was been like, okay, Millie, this is what I think is going on. Mm. Now, I'm not too concerned that it's breast cancer, but this is Oh, I didn't think I had breast cancer. I was just like, my friend has had this serious illness, so I'm like, I'm very aware that it could be something something serious. Yeah. But sorry, I'm not... Yeah, so, I mean, more generally speaking, it's important for her to address the concern that you have. Yeah. And that's what her job is. So I don't think you're demanding too much, and it's not up to patients to kind of modify their behaviour so a doctor might be more responsive to them. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I definitely go. Like, you shouldn't have to walk into a GP and think, if I behave like this, because, yeah. um, yeah, I was, I was having a conversation with one of my friends and she was like, this was afterwards because I came home and I was, like, really upset I didn't really know what to do because I was still, like, panicking and she yeah. didn't really take me seriously. Yeah, that's so irritating though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is yeah, irritating. Yeah. Especially when it's, like, woman to woman. And I don't know, that seems to make it more... I feel you. I get you. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like you would think that she would empathise. She didn't seem very empathetic, I think, mm-hmm. was what the issue was as well. But yeah, I was on the phone to my friend and she's had like stomach problems. And she was basically like, you just have to go in and pretend like you're dying to get, like, to get yeah. noticed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I didn't really want to do that. I'm not like, I'm not like that way inclined. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to go and be really dramatic I mean I think I was quite dramatic but no but so like ham it up it feels yeah it feels disingenuous doesn't it yeah it does and but one of my friends was just like you have to do that to like get anywhere absolutely or you have to pay for the privilege yeah so I've actually now got private health oh my gosh I took it out like a couple of months ago (laughs) it's so funny you should say that because lots of doctors I know as well yeah have private health care yeah like lots of my like close doctor friends that's really interesting. Mm. It's not because I don't have faith in the NHS. No, it's no. just more like if I did have a serious problem, I would want to know that I could just deal with it really, really quickly. Absolutely. Which yeah. I'm not sure that... I think the NHS is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, one, this is so weird, the men walking. I keep, yeah, I keep watching them. <laughs> um, the NHS is amazing, mm-hmm. but, like, when it's a time sensitivity thing. Or I would like to have to pick, like, where I went to hospital, I yeah, guess. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't absolutely. know. It's just one of those things, isn't it? I feel like it's I a luxury and a privilege. Exactly. But... And you expect it in all other aspects of your life. Yeah. So you want, like, your gym to be very accessible and close yeah. by and be able to choose it. You want to eat the food that you want to have and from a certain shop or whatever. You should also expect the same from something as important as your health, I think. To be fair, though, with, like, with the whole boob thing, I went into the doctors and I registered Mm. and I was like, I I think, like, I've got a a really big problem. When can I see a doctor? And she's like, well, it's going to take five days to register you. And I was like, honestly, like, I'm I'm really worried about this. And the receptionist booked me in that day. That's good. So that was really, really good. And then when I had my smear test, I was booked in the next day. Amazing. And I've spoken to some friends and they've had to wait like six weeks for a smear test. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe I'm just in a good location for a GP. (laughs) It seemed very busy. (laughs) It could be that as well. It could be that as well. Like, where I work now, it's very oversubscribed. I'm one of the busiest... I think we are the busiest a and in um, London. Really? Like the biggest single site a and Yeah. So it's very busy. It's also, we have a lot of people in lower socioeconomic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So what they're able to be offered is a lot less than if I was to go to like Chelsea, for yeah. example, and go to the closest hospital there. Why is so that? It's just about um, demand, supply and demand. Okay. So if you... Essentially, people in higher socioeconomic groups, yeah. yes, some of them will have um, private healthcare, but also there's a lot of education that we do in, in hospitals that might prevent people from even attending an A&E in the first place. Okay. So if you have 
poor like health outcomes or yeah. you don't have as much money or your kids might um, not be able to afford school dinners those tend to be our groups that yeah. need healthcare a little bit more often yeah sure but they aren't offered as much I don't I don't understand so supply and demand so, if so as in got, just because so there's so because, many people because they've got they've got more health needs yeah um and because they've got more health needs okay there's just less supply for them. Yeah. Okay. So it might take them longer to be seen in A&E because there's yeah. more people visiting the A&E yeah, okay, yeah, okay. and so forth with all like the resources and appointments and things yeah. like that. So they might have to wait longer than, say, you were in Chelsea, for example. Yeah, sure. So so what's been your favourite area that you've worked in so far? Oh, I've liked everything. Really? I have. I've also, I want to do paediatrics. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I like genetic diseases. Mm. I particularly like sickle cell disease. <laughs> I particularly like. <laughs> <laughs> I find it an interesting disease. Sorry, I shouldn't be saying that in no, sense. It's so, it's so funny. <laughs> but I had such a good time doing psychiatry last year. Yeah, which I thought was gonna kind of go over my head, and I also had these like weird misconceptions about what psychiatry looked like. Yeah, and I suppose the funny thing about being a doctor is. You're not protected from the thoughts and ideals of society. You're still very much a human within society. So when you think of a psychiatric hospital, you might think everyone's mad, bad and crazy. Yeah. Just because you're a human being who operates in society. But you're the same human being who now has to be a doctor and serve that population. So it completely changed my mind of what I thought about mental health. Um, and caring for people with mental health conditions or who had just had suboptimal conditions that meant that they needed a safe place to be in. So I had such a good time there and the skill set is so different. Yeah. And I thought the doctors were amazing. I thought the patients were amazing. And the way their family supported them was amazing as well. I had such a good time there. So you wouldn't go back into psychiatry? I wouldn't just because it's very different to the rest of medicine. Yeah. And unfortunately, you can't do everything. If you yeah. want to be a specialist, you have to go down you'd one have route. To, yeah, you'd have to go and train again, wouldn't you? Or not? Yeah, so yeah. if I was to become a psychiatrist, yeah. I might become very de-skilled at emergency medicine, for yeah, example, sure. or caring for patients on a physical health ward. And I really love that aspect of medicine and Playing with kids and seeing new babies being born. Yeah, like I've yeah, really you? That. Oh my God, we need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this on your story. What's it like seeing someone giving birth? I feel like I would be scarred. I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny you should say that. Like, yeah. it's so weird. So when I was a medical student, the first birth I ever saw, the lady was a yoga teacher. And last week, the first birth that I'd seen doing paediatrics, mm. she was also a yoga teacher. Oh, no. Nice. And I'm telling you, both these women literally pop their babies out. So I was like, okay, I need to get back on my yoga and like strengthen those pelvic muscles yeah. because honestly, they were some of the best births I've ever seen. But it does feel like a privilege to be in the room of yeah, someone of giving birth. And it feels a little bit intrusive as well. Yeah. Particularly if you're not the doctor looking after the mum. Because I'm doing paediatrics, so I'm obviously looking after the baby. Mm. And I'm the first person who's holding that baby. Oh my god, it's incredible. When they come out. So you feel a bit intrusive for having kind of taken the opportunity from mum. But you're yeah. there for a reason, so that's what I have to that's take my amazing. mind back to. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so cool. And they're so they're actually so cute when they come out. Are they? They're so cute. And they're not like covered in like... They are stuff. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> and it's funny, if you see like the sometimes the men's faces, they just looked a little bit horrified or a bit confused. And I'm like, come on, come hold your child, cut the umbilical cord, come on. Like this yeah. is your child, and they just look like ah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I feel like it's just like men in general isn't like massive panic. <laughs> Bless them. Oh, God no, bless them. That's so cool, though. Like, what an incredible thing to do. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It's cool. It's been good. <laughs> Have there been any really funny stories um, that you're allowed to share? Because I went to a wedding yeah. recently and made friends with one of Cal's mates, fiancés, who is also a doctor. Yeah. And um, I think she works, I can't remember, I think maybe she has A&E. Okay. So, and she was saying that basically someone had... Like, fallen off the toilet and poo had gone 
everywhere. Oh <laughs> she had to like spend her afternoon cleaning it up, sort of thing. But like, yeah, things like that, which aren't really necessarily funny, are they? Especially not for a patient. But like, I've got so many also- good stories, but I don't know how many I can share here. <laughs> I do have one that I could probably share, just because it's. I don't know if I could. Let me say it, yeah. and then if we have to cut it out, we have to, cut, have to it cut it out. out yeah. Okay. So this was back before I was even a medical student, and it was when I was on work experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm only sharing it because it was Valentine's Day yesterday, and Millie's clearly got a loving boyfriend who Aww. like bought her the most beautiful roses. They are cute, aren't they? Bless him. Yeah, it's so cute. Okay, so basically, before I was a med student, there was I heard this story. So I wasn't actually a doctor at this time, by the way. And um, <laughs> pointing that one out, very clearly not a doctor, so not sharing anything. This guy from Valentine's. <laughs> because this was February later on February when I came in and what he had done he'd got a rose mm. cut off all the thorns hey, do you know where my story is going? I just can imagine <laughs> yeah he cut off all the thorns tried to like round it out nicely and he basically placed it down his penis like the urethra <gasps> oh <laughs> but what, so obviously you've got these massive sorry I don't even find these stories that funny anymore I think they happen so often no it's shocking so the you cut off the thorns, and thorns are usually um, facing upwards. Yeah. But what he didn't realise, on a particular rose that he bought, and I've only found out this, you have microthorns going the other way, really tiny ones that you won't be able to see. Yeah. So he must have placed the rose down his penis, down the urethra, and it's as he was like, taking I, it out, yeah. it jarred. Oh my God, I have to like do one of those. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> So, yeah. So bad. I don't think his girlfriend was too impressed. No. And, yeah, I think that was the end of that, oh, that, that relationship. God bless him. The other funny story was that someone had, like, a that guy... That's terrible. Yeah, that is not He's, great. like, affected himself for life just because of... How, how romantic. Rubbish ro- romance. Rubbish. <laughs> rubbish romance. Um, so, this other... The other doctor that I met, she basically said that... Someone, I can't remember what it was, but they spent 18 hours trying to get something, like, up their bum. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and it got Every stuck. Every doctor has a story. <laughs> yeah. And it got stuck. And then he tried to remove it himself and couldn't, Aww. and then had to come in. To you do feel so bad for these people, though. Oh, because it must be so embarrassing. As funny as the story is, it's I actually, don't think it is that funny. It yeah. must just be like, oh. It's like a funny thing to say, but then you realise the effect of of it on someone's life yeah. and it's yeah and like mentally I, absolutely I feel like to that, come in it's not easy no absolutely not that level of like sort yeah. of you would try and take it out for 18 hours at home do you know what I mean I would be like under no circumstances am I coming in and showing my face but also maybe just don't try and put things yeah, where they don't belong absolutely <laughs> or have yeah something to prevent it going in that's all I'm gonna say God bless everyone. Have you read Adam Kay's This I have. Is Going to Hurt? Have you read it? Yes, I have. It's great, isn't it? It is great. It is, it is. It's actually, it was the first, it got Cal back into reading, which I was really excited oh, about. I was cool. reading it on holiday, and I read a bit to him, and he was like literally laughing out loud <laughs> as I was reading it. And he then stole it off me and read it before I'd even finished it. So, oh, bless. Which was cute. But yeah, I think it's such a good book. But what resonated with you from that book? I mean, I wouldn't say it necessarily resonates because okay. obviously I've never been in the position of like being a doctor, but yeah. it's all the things that you kind of imagine happening when you think about it a bit more, mm-hmm. but, and then he sort of like confirmed that they do really happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Just from the weird, not weird, but like crazy stuff of the woman not moving and then being dead mm-hmm. and like someone yeah, not yeah. having checked, checked her obs and stuff. Like yeah. my mum's a nurse so like I've, I've grown like up with like exactly. stories of yeah. stuff but yeah. like never. So to read it, it was just I yeah. think really was, interesting. He did it really well actually. I really like Adam Kay. So he was an obs and gynae doctor. Yeah. So he delivered babies, helped out women and now he's a comedian. I don't think he practices at all like, anymore. No, I think he got written off actually. <laughs> did he actually? Yeah. Oh, I did not realise that's that. why he wrote the book because he okay. was written off. Okay. Uh, is it written off? Str- struck off. Struck off. There we go. I didn't realise he got struck off. Yeah, he got struck off. Okay, okay. But he's really funny and he's really cool. <laughs> I want to go see him live. Actually, he does live shows. Yeah, I and saw, he did one recently I and I missed it. But yeah. yeah, I think he must be really funny. But what an interesting like 
turnaround of career also. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think those are the doctors that I'm most excited about. Mm. And so I have a podcast myself. Yes, I can't even mention this yet. Yeah. I have a podcast. So I, the reason I did the podcast in the first place, and I wanted to tell Millie before this, we started this. Yeah. But it was definitely because of keeping it candid. Oh, I like, love that. 100%. So you had a podcast, obviously keeping candid, that I'm on now. <laughs> Lol. Yay. And my friend and Danny also had a podcast. And I thought, oh, no doctor is doing like their own podcast about the career. Yeah. And what we see every day and yeah. the things that really affect us. Um, be it from like Grenfell Tower and what that has meant for like the community. Um, to like mental health doctors dealing with like performance anxiety at work and so I was like hey I want to get a friend to come and chat with me because I hate doing stuff by myself I'm exactly the same I've never been able to do anything by myself (laughs) hence like me and Sophie doing it together (laughs) so it felt really safe to do it with my friend Suva and she's really chatty I think she's like the Sophie (laughs) to me so everyone loves Suba everyone's like team Suba like Suba's got a beautiful sexy voice and I'm like oh. you have a beautiful sexy voice thank you thank you Millie you're the first one that's told me that um, so, but yeah. yeah no so everyone should go and listen to your podcast and it's doing yeah. really well right like it is doing well but Suba decided to leave me <laughs> oh no so she went to go and work in New Zealand for a year oh, amazing like lots of doctors do after yeah. our F2 year mm. So if you take it back about five years ago, I think five years ago, there was about 20% of doctors who wouldn't go straight into a speciality training. Yeah. And now that figure's risen to about 75% who don't go into training. And I think it's because we are doctors, but we're also human beings and we're also millennials. We want more from our lives. So lots of people are going to Australia and New Zealand or kind of just sitting, sitting back and doing their own thing. So... Yeah, that's been really exciting to see in doctors. Yeah, yeah that's so nice. One of because my mum's in Brisbane and she's um, she like runs a mental health hospital out oh, there. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, which is it's really Amazing. cool, and she absolutely loves her job. But one of her friends is a doctor from the UK. Okay, so I think there's quite a lot of them. Yeah, which is really nice. So many. They have such a high demand for it as well in Australia because they just I don't know why, especially in like mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you say that you do anything to do with mental health you get these like that like yeah, it's just it's yeah. so easy so they're really in need of like mental health specialists um and i think that's the same over general. here in the uk but yeah. i think my changing just a bit slower than australia and new zealand did yeah and australia and new zealand are like known to be quite good at looking after their doctors yeah. so protective break times and they also have really good food and meals yeah, they're quite good at looking after their doctors there, as opposed to over here. I mean, as much. Yeah, so what's your average day like? Average day? Lols. <laughs> okay, so I'm currently doing paediatrics. I've only done it literally for a week and a bit now. Yeah. Um, I was doing a lot of adult medicine before, so now I'm back with the children and babies. So my week is very varied. Mm. So as I said before, my first day I was with lots of babies and going to deliveries, making sure babies were okay yeah. before giving them back to mum. Um, and then like over the week, I've also we also have a lot of teaching in paediatrics. So we'll have maybe we'll go to work in the morning, and we'll hand over from the day before so we can act on the most urgent jobs yeah then we'll have a bit of a teaching session because we're always learning and there's a lot you can learn from your colleagues or tricky situations that other doctors have dealt with the night before and then you'll go and do your ward rounds and some days I might be in A&E looking after going to see the new kids who are coming into hospital doing all the jobs for them and yeah there's lots of things that we do it's very very depending on your specialty yeah okay so I'm just like learning a lot at the moment yeah Paediatrics is so different to adult medicine. So I feel like a medical student all over again, <laughs> like making mistakes left, right and centre, which is Do you have like hard. a mentor though who sort of like shows you what to do? You do. You have formal mentors okay. or you have what they call an educational supervisor yeah. and a clinical supervisor. The educational is meant to kind of be your pastoral care kind of person mm-hmm. who you go to for advice and like, like fatherly, motherly, like... <laughs> help in the hospital yeah. and then you've got a clinical supervisor the person who's more of your like work mentor but most people you'll find will have their more informal mentors so okay. like a senior that you get along with and yeah. you want them to like show you the ropes and stuff um but yeah we all try and teach each other between different levels 
but it can it can be difficult sometimes yeah depending sure. on whether if your personalities just simply don't cook yeah. yeah I guess when you're in a high pressured environment as well and it's like you're obviously all very intelligent mm. and I imagine quite headstrong and yeah do, yeah do you ever like clash over diagnosing someone with things or is that so I think the clash always comes from like Definitely personalities and people's attitudes to the job. Yeah. So you know how earlier you were talking about the GP that you went to go and see and she kind of dismissed you? Yeah. Like that really aggravates me at work when I see people dismissing patients or dismissing other members of staff who might be in a lower hierarchy to them. Mm -hmm. So that kind of irritates me and that's what brings the tension in. So I try not to... I'm working on being more patient at work as well um, because it's really easy to let personality clashes get in the way of what you're actually doing for your patients and the reason that you're there. Um, And also if you feel kind of like disrespected or slighted by patients or like boy doctors who don't respect you as their senior, then that's also tricky and that's difficult to do. Yeah, what's that like? So men and women, is is it a thing? I think it's a thing and I think it's a thing everywhere. Yeah, so I think if you're, because being a doctor, it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, you're all there to treat patients mm-hmm. and you're all, you're either good at your job or you're learning or you're more senior to someone. So I've always struggled when, particularly when patients look over to the man doctor <laughs> when I'm, when I'm happens. speaking to them and I'm like, look here, this boy is fresh out of med school and you're looking at him and I'm giving you all the information and the answers and I'm even drawing you a beautiful diagram over here and you're still looking at yeah. little little Joe. Well, it's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? Because that we're conditioned to mm. believe men over women and we are like 100%. It's, it's so weird. It's I hate so, it. It's so irritating and it feels like a mountain to climb sometimes. Yeah. But I suppose the other good thing about medicine, it's all about building relationship with your patients. Yeah. And once you've built that relationship and gotten over yourself, because I think ego has a lot to do with the way I experience myself at work. Yeah, sure. So if I get rid of my ego, build my relationship with my patient, then they're able to trust me. And then they don't now look towards that man. Yeah, I I guess trust is such an important part of that you have that with your doctor who's looking after you, Mm -hmm. right? Like, because... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Trust what they're saying, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And you see that particularly in either if you're looking after kids because mm. you really want to build a trusting relationship with their parents and you want their pa- parents to respect you or to, like, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also mental health, psychiatry. You really want to for your patient to feel safe enough yeah. to open up to you yeah. and not feel like you're being either like punitive with what you're saying or like judging them yeah so yeah different specialties definitely call for different things it's also interesting i know it's a, it's a bit mad it's a bit mad yeah i can imagine <laughs> but to be honest like i feel like you would want i would w- want you to be my doctor oh babes yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna call you with every single problem i have now ever <laughs> what funny. do you think this might be <laughs> You'd rather DM me than bloody ask Google. Oh my God, do you get people coming in who are like, I'm dying because I saw this on Google. (laughs) (laughs) So I think GPs see that quite like a fair amount. And actually in A&E you see that a fair amount as well. Yeah, because anyone can walk into A&E, so... Yeah, so yeah, because people kind of self-refer, don't they, to A&E. So you get that sometimes. And I think particularly if you're in certain areas, you might get that a little bit more, but people are bit less educated yeah but the funny thing in more educated areas you might get a few more of hyper hypochondriacs quote unquote just because but the thing is I'd be exactly the same yeah if I could google what's going on with me I'm gonna google it to a certain extent yeah and then go and present my findings to the healthcare (laughs) because it is because you have to if they've got 10 minutes with you we yeah. better make the most of this 10 that minutes, thing, babe. right? It's <laughs> like, 10 minutes. And that is yeah. all you get. And you have to work out exactly like yeah. what is or what isn't wrong in 10 minutes. And it is quite mad that it's 10 minutes, isn't it? Like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> I get it, but like, also 10 minutes. <laughs> My smear test was like, in out. In out. <laughs> <laughs> it was, though. It was so quick. So I'm... 
Oh, not very good. I actually, it was my first mirror test, and obviously, mm-hmm. I was supposed to have one when I was 25. Yeah. And I finally. I'm bad as well. I had my first one last year. Oh, that makes it feel a little yeah. bit better. Because you're, you're a doctor, you yeah. still have that. And I'm also I'm 28. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm 28 next month, and this is my first one. I haven't had my results yet, so I'm like, sure, it will be fine. Um, But yeah, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I had made such a big deal out of it yeah. in my head, and yeah. it was. Totally fine. Yeah, I think we all do. Particularly, you know, when something happens to you for the first time, mm. or there's something you need to do for the first time. Yeah, you always will have preconceptions about it, regardless of whether you think that or not. Yeah. So, is there anything else that you think that we should know about being a doctor? What would you say to someone who is either training and finding it difficult, or thinking about becoming a doctor, or both? Because I guess they're both very different things. Okay. I th- okay, but this is, I think this goes for everything though. Yeah. Because as a doctor, even though you're there to be there for your patients and to consult with your patients and learn about your career and your specialty, you're foremost a person first. And if, and this goes for literally everything, if you don't look after yourself first, mm. you just won't be good to look after other people. Yeah. And it's better for your advice to come from a genuine place and an honest place. Um, and for also you to be taking your health seriously because I think sometimes we can almost look at being a doctor as like a really like exciting thing and it's a cool title that gets you through certain doors and almost when you're having conversations with people they're like oh what do you do and you're like oh I'm a doctor even hate saying it um people kind of like ooh oh that's really cool and they respect you a little bit more it has an importance to it because at the end of the day you are helping people and you are saving lives and that's fascinating and And, it's amazing and I think that's really cool but Millie you'll get some doctors who kind of wear that badge as their entire identity and I think that's a problem when you almost put so much into being a doctor that you forget that you're a human being behind that. Yeah. And either you take it one way and you just respect people because you think you're in a position of hierarchy, yeah. be that your patients or be that colleagues and make it difficult for other colleagues to come and even ask for advice or yeah. to be themselves. Or you take it the other way. And as soon as you struggle with something or you make a, a mistake, because we all make mistakes in our job, mm-hmm. that's when you lose your entire identity and you think you're absolutely crap at your job. Yeah. So that's why I say it goes to everything. You have to remember who you are initially first. Yeah. And and then just see your job as a job. Do you know what I mean? I'm a job sure where you're saving bit. people. <laughs> it's a cool job. Like, you know that you... You're in a privileged position to be with people at hard times in their lives. But you've also worked really hard to get there. So it's not like, you know, it yeah, doesn't, doesn't just yeah. fall in your lap, does it, being a doctor? No, it doesn't. It's a lot of hard work. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. But I also... It's funny, you guys... I always listen to you guys on your podcast. And yeah. I always watch what really amazing bloggers are doing and influencers are doing. I know that you guys don't, like, love that title, but I'm just going <laughs> to go with it. And the reason I we get really excited about what people are doing is because it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And the funny thing about being a doctor is I know that if I go to university and get my degree mm. and then do my F1 and F2 years, that I still, I know where I'm going. So there's yeah. kind of a security and a safety in that. But to actually kind of go out of yourself, put yourself out there, because you're putting yourself out there literally every flipping day. Yeah. And you're going to events not knowing what the promises of the night is or you're doing like lots of work and you don't know where that's going to end up that's a really difficult place to be in so I think the uncertainty that people have in that those kind of careers is something that I would struggle to deal with I so mean I think I we've all got individual yeah absolutely like stresses the mutual respect is very nice oh, for each other's, each other's <laughs> professions yeah exactly um but yeah, no, I don't think with like from my perspective that never really goes away. The whole like uncertainty thing, like you just take it as it comes. I've mm-hmm. definitely this year learned to deal with it a lot better. Like I think it again just depends on like how I'm feeling. If I'm Absolutely. not feeling great, then I'll be very stressed about work, like yeah. under like ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But like at the moment, it's just breezy, which is so nice. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. And can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As our resident influencer, she's like looking at me so funny right now. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, like looking at like your peers and when like health opportunities come their way. Yeah. What sort of responsibilities do you feel like your peers have in terms of like educating people? Be that with 
I don't know. Let me try and think of stuff. Either like smear tests. Yeah. Or like, what's that app where you can oh, check so your cycle? Cycles. Let's talk about natural cycles. So natural cycles. that stresses we, me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, natural cycles stresses me out. And I'm going to be really transparent. They offered me like thousands of pounds mm-hmm. to do like a few Instagram posts. And I said no. Okay. Because it's irresponsible. I have a coil firstly. So mm-hmm. like, and they wanted me to turn it around in like four days. Oh, wow. What okay. would I, how would I have known anything about how it works? And so had they have gone about it and been like, try it for three months. And maybe I could have done it from a... I don't know, like, like a mood. Inf- yes, yes. Like the way that it affects my day-to-day life by mm-hmm. tracking my period. I could have done that maybe, but yeah. like obviously not abused it for, which maybe is how they should be promoting the app rather mm-hmm. than using it as a pregnancy or a contraceptive tool yeah. to yeah. promote it, to monitor your hormones Absolutely. and how you're feeling rather than like trying not to have babies. Because <laughs> it's really not worked either. Yeah. So yeah, so it's things like that, I will absolutely not promote mm-hmm. unless I've used it for a long time or I like wholly believe and I feel like everyone who has promoted it is really irresponsible and mm-hmm. the issue is that I have friends who have promoted <laughs> it so I'm so sorry if you're listening but like I think I would say it to like you know mm-hmm. anyone's face I I don't depending on how they're promoting it because there are people who are promoting it as like being a lifestyle choice mm-hmm. rather than a contraceptive choice but I just don't think it's safe yeah yeah because I think that, yeah, absolutely. I think the diff, the problem has been where people, it's the way people have promoted it. Yeah. And I've seen quite a few posts and I've actually commented on a couple of posts. Just because as a doctor, you're working one-on-one with an individual. Yeah. So you know what their risk factors are. You know what they want to accept into their life, whether a baby in their life is going to be a positive thing yeah. or whether it's going to be a traumatic completely life-changing thing that they never expected yeah and you know whether how responsible they are with their like sexual partners but when you're a someone with like a lot of influence online Mm. and you then put that out there and you you've got quite a vague like commentary underneath yeah then you are putting the most vulnerable at risk now the people who don't matter are like the older women in like and relationships where they don't mind having children or yeah. that they're very clued up on like their sexual health or very clued up on um like their or their cycles are just a bit more stable anyway yeah. I don't I literally don't care about them they're quite responsible yeah. it's the younger people who literally you don't know who you're talking to well I know someone who recently got pregnant from and she was using natural cycles oh, really? and she had to have an abortion like mm. and that's just not something that you really want to be happening like you yeah, want to be yeah. happening and obviously it's not totally well, is it totally the app's fault? I don't know. It's just, it's such a difficult, it's got like a really grey area, but I just don't think that an app can do that for you. I just, yeah, I yeah. think it's too much responsibility to put on a piece of technology. Yeah, I think you just need to be careful about what what type of, um, what type of things that you promote. And yeah. And without knowing too much about them or what they mean for lots of different people. Yeah, and that goes to, to be marketing managers as well. Like, for someone to come to me and be like, we just want you to promote this. Three days, try it out. <laughs> if there, no, it wasn't even like a try it out. It was just like, write this thing about whatever. It was like very guided, oh, really? very scripted. Okay. And yeah. Lols. <laughs> they just wanted the content, which yeah, is, absolutely. I think, absolutely terrible. Yeah. For something that's like health-based. Completely. And could potentially change people's lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was wild. Yeah. It was like a year and a half ago, maybe. And also, I was like, I was broke. I had no money, and like, and that could have been a really good op- like money opportunity. Oh, it was a great <laughs> money opportunity, but like, I said no. Yeah. And it's also like Kim Kardashian and her like diet lollipops. Oh yeah, what do you think about that? It's terrible. It's it, that's absolutely terrible, and that's like goes without saying. Yeah. But when people look at that, they can see how bad that is mm. but for some reason there's something about like the natural cycles and the fact that it's marketed as a natural thing and like you're yeah. tracking your hormones that people aren't seeing the problems for other people mm. like the problem doesn't matter if you can understand what the message of your favorite influencer is saying yeah what matters is the other people who are reading those comments as well so I think we can all see that for Kim Kardashian and her lollipops, but I think people just need to be a bit more careful about the health advice that they give. Yeah, also others. it relates to exercise as well, doesn't it? It's kind of like when, um, so I stopped doing exercise stuff because I'm not a trained PT. Like mm. I will happily talk about mental health and exercise. Oh yeah, I noticed that, Millie. But yeah. Millie, I don't, oh, I don't know if, if I even agreed with you for that one. Really? 
because I don't know. It's just if I just found it to be a little bit irresponsible because okay. how I exercise is I go to class, I have someone tell me what I'm doing mm-hmm. and it's an hour of my day where I don't have to think for myself. Okay. Which is amazing and yeah. it's great and I love it. But I don't think that that necessarily translates to me telling people about exercise. Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't even your own personal exercise benefits or yeah. So like yeah, but I don't know. I don't know anything about what I'm doing. Honestly, I switch off. Like mentally, I am not there. (laughs) I go in and I'm like, (laughs) take me like a doll. Just like tell me what to do, and it. I don't register what I'm doing. I just go and I do it. I like clear my mind and I'm out. And that's like that for me is how I exercise. So it didn't make sense to keep putting on the internet I don't you're think you're good you're good okay okay even though I'm it's just working not. with a lot of sports <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna try and do more of it eventually but it's just like trying to work out how to do it again absolutely yeah how, you, so you found a new gym didn't you yeah so I've just joined third space I've been oh, there for like space? Oh, I love it it looks so flashy it's I love so it so bougie <laughs> It's like, so Rebel was quite bougie, but mm-hmm. Third Space is like corporate bougie. Yeah. So it's like... Corporate not, bougie is a different level of bougie. Oh my God, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's like, so good. Because everyone's quite normal as well. Yeah. But like... It's not so posy, is it? It's not so posy. No one's worried about being like, cool. I feel like I can go and work out and look like shit in it. Like I've always done that. Any, well, not yeah. look like shit, but you know what I mean. Just like... <laughs> I go in in my tracksuit, I leave my tracksuit with like sweaty hair. And I always felt like Rebel was maybe being like a little bit judged. Yes, I know what you mean. I know Whereas... And I'm so happy to just, you know... Oh, that's good. Whereas third space, I'm just like, swipe my card, <laughs> don't talk to anyone, walk in, yeah. go into a class, don't think about anything, come out, and then, yeah. Oh, that's so ideal. It's done. And there's so many different classes. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Yeah, that's it's one nice. thing I miss about not living in London, because I, yeah. I moved back to my parents' house. Yeah. For money-saving reasons. Yeah, no, good shout. And I would definitely would have done that yeah. if I had been able to. yeah. It's got its ups and its downs. But it's definitely, it's a privilege to be able to live with my parents. But yeah. No, I, I love like, being in London. Like, I love it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> being in Devon for a couple of months wasn't the easiest. But yeah, I made yeah, the money I wanted to make at the time. Different lifestyle. But um, thank you so much for coming no, on. No, it's been so thank much you. fun. Thank you. And it's so nice to like talk about something different. <laughs> I love your guys' chats. And there's one thing that I really liked about your conversation when you guys did your money diaries, I think. Yeah. I think you talked about how you go to a confidence class. I was or thinking was that, about starting confidence class. Oh, no, you were thinking about yeah. that. What, um, public speaking class? So I'm doing public, yeah, public speaking. That's moment. it, that's yeah. it. And I remember, so when I went home that evening, I'm like, I sound like such a super fan, it's so cringe, I'm so <laughs> sorry. So when I went home that evening, I went and booked myself on a French class. Because I was like, oh, I was so excited by the fact that you were seeking to learn something new. I'm going to do something else afterwards as well. So I finished this course in two weeks. I don't necessarily, it's been really good and it's yeah. been great to put myself into a new group of people with, where everyone is so different like yeah, such yeah, different yeah. ages such different professions there's like some authors some like Absolutely. fitness people it's like and everyone is your community gets smaller and smaller as you get older yeah. and that's the same for doctors as yeah. I'm sure it is for you guys you, you've got like, to spend time it. with less people definitely yeah, so yeah it's been really really interesting I think I'm not gonna do another public speaking course but I will do something else like maybe a language or like maybe drama because I used to love drama or like I don't know just something but yeah I'm gonna continue because like the learning is so important yeah so important and my brain just every day feels like I lose a bit more mate my cells are like dying (laughs) honestly same um where can everyone find you on the internet yes so um my podcast is called life after the letters you can find us at afterthelettersdotcom and my Instagram, not that it's very exciting, but I love oh, my stories. Oh, that's such a load of crap. Your Instagram is, is beautiful. <laughs> Forward slash Amalea. So that's A-M-I-L-E-Y-A. But find me and Sue with my co-host at After the Letters. Yeah.